Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, so before I start this episode, I want to tell you about this really cool and exciting product called the Smart Backstop. So the Smart Backstop allows players to practice shooting anywhere they are without the fear of missing the net. This product is compatible to any lacrosse or hockey goal and only takes less than 10 minutes to set up. The Smart Backstop's patented design also allows you to easily collapse the backstop behind your net when it's not in use. It's perfect for team practices or even just practicing in your backyard. The Smart Backstop will save you money and it will also save you time from fetching the missed shots or even just breaking windows. Visit smartbackstop.com to start practicing smarter today. Welcome sports fans, my name is Jake Nizuski, you can call me Jake Z or Iggy for short, and this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So today I have a very special guest with me on today by the name Timmy Dagnall. So he is currently going into his senior year at Plymouth State University as a criminal justice major. But the biggest reason why I want Timmy on this podcast is because we are going to be talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. And Timmy has been a long time Chargers fan, and especially with the Chargers going into this new chapter post Philip Rivers and a ton of question marks, not only at the quarterback position, but what their future will look like in the next five years after a very disappointing 2019 season. I wanted to get Timmy's thoughts on everything that is going on surrounding the Chargers. So how's it going, Timmy? Pretty good, not too bad. Trying to stay stay safe in these COVID times. Exactly. But, so, you know, how, how you doing with isolation and all and all that sort of stuff during this huge pandemic that is really taking the entire country by storm? I'm going nuts. I want to get out of nuts. my house. <laughs> my job's never going to start up. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, in the house. <laughs> it really is crazy how everybody is on lockdown right now and really just trying to find any way to cope with these hard times. And, you know, most of the time when stressful stuff like this happens, not only around the country, but I feel like in anybody's lives, they really just go, go towards sports. And yeah, especially sports in this time, escape. right, exactly. Sports is a perfect escape. And like, especially in this time when there's no sports, it's really awesome that we're able to go towards football as, as a sport that isn't even really in season. But all this stuff is is happening around us yeah. with football and like with free agency happening. You know, three weeks ago, it was it was crazy to not only see things like you know Philip Rivers going to the Colts, but Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers, DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals, and it's it's a really exciting time for football. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to have you on. And mm-hmm. so, really, just looking at the Chargers season last year with them going five and 11 after a 2018 season where they made the playoffs and were 12 and four. And it really looked like a reassur- reassur- resurgence for Phillip Rivers in going into his 37th year or his seven, being 37 years old. And then when he turned 38, it really seemed to go downhill. So I'm curious your thoughts on the 2019 season. Uh, one word I have would be disappointing. Um, obviously, twenty after twenty eighteen, they finally became a big contender again, like they were back in oh eight oh nine with Ladanian. And um, yeah, that's all I would have to say is disappointing. It began with the Melvin Gordon holdout, which definitely took a lot of mojo because he was one of the key factors of that team. And then you had the Derwin James injury gone for more than half the season, and that just took all the air out of the sails. And they just never kicked off good. I mean, they never start out hot. But they really were whew, 
something else this year. And I, it was hard to believe that it was a completely different team than we saw in 2018. It was back to the typical Chargers um, losing all their games within seven points. I mean, what, nine of their 11 losses came from within seven points, I believe. Mm-hmm. It might have been 10 out of 11. But, I mean, that's right. Same old Chargers again. Can't finish games. Can't. But we'll I mean, see what it, happens. It's it's crazy. I mean, I remember any time that you and I would watch a Chargers game, they, it would it would be sort of – the last stand, you know, they would have to either rush down the field to be able to either tie the game or they would just come up short or somebody would like kick a field goal. It, it just seemed like every single loss was just a heartbreaking. We were that close, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, it was just very interesting just as, as an outside NFL fan and really not, you know, I'm, a, I'm always interested to see what goes on with the Chargers because there's always sort of that argument between NFL fans if, if Phillip Rivers is an elite quarterback or not or if, mm-hmm. you know, the Chargers haven't been as successful over these past few years because Phillip Rivers isn't able to get them over that hump. But after the 2018 season, it really looked very, very you know, promising for this Chargers team mm-hmm. going being able to get into the playoffs and – especially going into 2019 with a lot of Chargers fans' minds really looking towards that offense with Phillip Rivers. You know, then they also had Melvin Gordon coming back. I think it was week four or five. But then they also had a new reassurance with Austin Eckler just coming out of nowhere and really finding tons of different ways to be able to help the Chargers drive down the field. But then looking towards 2019, I'm curious, what do you think was some of the biggest issues for the Chargers during that season? I definitely believe, I mean, injuries are always a factor with the Chargers. Um, for some reason, it's like they're cursed with this annoying and frustrating injury curse. It's it's worse than the Madden curse, in my opinion, at this point. Um, they're always losing key players, key players on the defense, key players on the O-line. Um, it happened this year. They had multiple people go down, Russell Okun going down. And I honestly think that their line was a big factor, too, because Philip Rivers had no time in. We see every time when Philip Rivers is pressured, he just he likes to chuck it up and give all of his trust to his receivers, which are great receivers. But I just I think the problem definitely was injuries first. Second, definitely was the O line, um, and obviously no Derwin James, no Derwin James. If we have Derwin James on that team, that defense that we have a playmaker. You know what I mean? He's such a playmaker; he can change a game with one play. I mean, I, 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 just, I just remember what were you gonna say. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I just remember when you when Duran James first came into the league and, and you really just sort of explained to me how versatile he is on the defensive side of the ball. You know, mm-hmm. he can really play all these different positions. And for a guy who I mean, he's not a small guy, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't really see him as somebody who can play linebacker, who can play safety, you know, cornerback. I didn't just all these mm-hmm. different positions to really make all these different incredible plays on the defensive side of the ball. And when you lose somebody like that, it's going to be a huge loss for any team. You know what I mean? And really sort of what you touched on with Phillip Rivers, I mean, there's not a lot of pocket passers really in the NFL too much anymore. When you really look at a lot of the different quarterbacks, even guys like Sam Darnold, who doesn't really have a ton of speed, he's still able to Mm -hmm. get outside that pocket and really be able to find a way to not only – you know, get a first down if he needs to scramble or be able to make the play go a little bit longer so he is able to find those guys down the field. And really another guy who is in a very same position as Phillip Rivers is, is, you know, Tom Brady. When Tom Brady played for the Patriots last year, you know, he's in, he's getting towards 
he is 40 actually, but you know what I mean? He's going towards the back end of his career and he really doesn't have the legs as a lot of these quarterbacks have. And so when that rush does get to him, you know, they feel pressured. They need to throw the ball any way that they can to be able to find it to drive down the field. And that either sometimes turns into awful interceptions, awful incompletions, and a lot of three and outs that really don't help the team and really make it very difficult for the team to be able to score points. When we saw mm-hmm. last season with Phillip Rivers, I mean, you just look at his stats. I mean, from his QBR from 2018, it was it was 105, and then it goes to 88.5. I mean, that just that just shows incredibly that he was not able to find ways to complete passes to his different mm-hmm. receivers. So I want to hear your thoughts on just the incredible decline that Philip Philip Rivers had uh, in his performance in 2019. Yeah, so I'll start off by saying I definitely think we've seen a trend in the league go away from these pocket passers, slow quarterbacks that are Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. I think we see a lot of less big guys. We see more athletic guys on the O-line, and I think we get more of a mobile team. And It's been trending that way for years with college players coming out from RG3 to Cam Newton and all that. And um, now it's kind of – they're the last ones holding on from that last era of the league, I would say. And yeah, it's, it's really showing now you're not, you're not finding a way to score points. You're getting trapped in the pocket. You're getting sacked. You're getting hit. and You're just throwing this ball up in the air. I think that's definitely been a problem with Phillip Rivers and not having him gives you an opportunity to expand in your offense. And I don't know. I think, I think that decline of play was just too much. Uh, He was, he was trending down as the years were going on. And then this 2018 season was a resurgence of his career. He was, everybody was like, he's back, you know, it's, it's time. It's, he's going to get his ring finally. And then 2019 came out and he was worse than ever. He was, he was one of the worst football players I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, he can still play. He's a tough guy. Never been in. I mean, he's been injured what twice, but he's never missed, missed the game. He's recovered from that ACL injury so quick back a few years ago. And I, I do think he's a tough guy. I think he's still playing this league, but it's just not. I, I just don't think it's what teams would need right now. And right. That, I, I mean, when you look at how many interceptions he let up, like he mm-hmm. threw 20. He's only done that yeah. three times in his career. And mm-hmm. so that definitely hurt with giving the Chargers chances to be able to get down that field and be able to score. And so mm-hmm. were you really upset when he signed with the Colts after this season? No, I, I, I'm – I mean, I'm happy for him to keep playing in the league. I love Philip Rivers. He was one of my favorite players, like, ever. But it's just – I think it's time. I think it was – I think he knew it was time. I mean, there was no tension there in that little – in that breakup. You know what I mean? He knew it was time. Chargers knew it was time. It's just new chapter. You know what I mean? Page ends. On to the next one. Exactly. I mean, you could even make this make the same point for Melvin Gordon. I mean, I mean he's another guy who was sort of a mm-hmm. staple in that franchise for the last five, like five years as such a very good and very reliable running back. And he really took that to his head. You know, he got this huge ego, this huge head and was like, you know, I'm one of the best running backs in the league and I'm going to be looking for 10 to 15 million dollars a year like Ezekiel Elliott out there mm-hmm. or Le'Veon Bell. and you know, it was really interesting to see the whole holdout that he had before this season. And a lot of people are really making the point, you know, he's not really that high of caliber to be really having this ego. You know what I mean? Like he's good, but mm-hmm. he's not really worth, you know, 10 to $15 million. And so I wanted to and hear your thoughts on that. I, I think if, 
he had what a knee injury, some kind of injury, and every year he was in the league before he did this holdout. And right. I just, I guess when he was in there playing, he definitely proved himself to be a prime time feature back, like these other big names, like Todd Gurley was before Todd Gurley's little season. But uh, <laughs> I'm all I'm saying though is he did prove himself on the field, but he just wasn't on the field enough to earn that money. I think mm. if anything, he should have signed some sort of incentive deal prior to the season, but. He didn't do that, and he decided to hold out and definitely hurt his relationship with anybody in the Chargers organization. You know, it was clear that that happened when he came back and sat on the bench half the time. I just – I really don't think he earned that money. I don't think he was on the field enough for that money. If he was on the field enough for that money, I definitely think he's the type of player that could earn that kind of deal, be that kind of player in your offense. But I mean, he he wasn't able to make that money with the Broncos. Oh right. no, he did. he lost the cut from what the Chargers were offering him preseason mm-hmm. last year. I didn't even think he was going to end up getting signed before he signed to the Broncos. It wasn't looking good for him. I mean, it was a huge surprise that the Broncos even picked him up. I mean, they had Philip Lindsay. Yeah. And now they're trying to get, get an extension with Philip Lindsay while you're paying eight million dollars for Melvin Gordon. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, you can use the that eight million dollars for so many other parts of your roster, but the Broncos are a different story. You know, I mean, they're a mess. I, I mean, yeah. John Elway doesn't know how to build a roster. It, it just, it's just, it's just showing. And I that. think Melvin Gordon would have made a lot more sense with the bills. I thought I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sure the rumors of the bills were going out there, but they would have been a much different thing. I, I think he would have fit in a lot better with the bills, but you know what? He wants to come back and play the chargers twice a year. I'm sure they're happy about that. Being able to beat up on his little injury riddled body a little bit, you know? Well, I mean, when you look at sort of like the reports that came out like before his whole holdout, I mean, his agent asked for a trade when the Chargers mm-hmm. offered him $10 million per season. I mean, he's getting eight with the Broncos. And so mm-hmm. I looked at that as a huge pay cut and really just a huge waste of time for Melvin Gordon. And, you know, I really think it, it, it hurt his reputation, not only with the Chargers, oh, yeah. but I think with the NFL. I mean, when you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell, nobody's going to want to go towards him. Or these mm-hmm. kind of running backs that have these huge egos and these huge heads that think, you know, they should be paid like a wide receiver. They should be paid like like a quarterback. You're not on the field as much. You're not being – you know what I mean? I mean, when you really look at the longevity of running backs, it's, it's not worth the, It's not worth putting in all that money exactly. to an older guy. I mean, you get – like, I don't know. I, I understand what he was trying to do, trying to – he was trying to do it for every running back. You know what I mean? He was trying to change the game, make every big running back get these massive things because he saw that Todd Gurley just got this and he was the same in the same draft as Todd Gurley compared to Todd Gurley all the time. Todd Gurley got this. He, he was, he got this money. I need that money. I don't know. It just, it seemed to get a little too much off the field than on the field. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think he deserved all that money. I I think Todd Gurley – I don't even think Todd Gurley deserved all that money. I mean, he was amazing, but what is he now? Right. You know what exactly. I mean? I mean when as soon really, as they paid him, he dropped. Right. I mean, I mean it, re- it really bit the Rams in the butt with, with, with what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have to pay him his contract for w- when, he, when he plays with the Falcons. You know, I mean, I mean that's crazy. And it, it's, it's nuts to even really just talk, talk about, like – how how this all played out, not only for the Chargers but for Melvin Gordon. But when you think when you think about somebody who's going to change the market for running backs, it's a perfect example with Christian McCaffrey's contract that he just got. I mean, not mm-hmm. only the reason Christian McCaffrey got that deal to change the whole market for running backs is because Christian McCaffrey changed the position. 
running backs mm-hmm. weren't able to get out of the, get out of the backfield, make those passing plays, and be able to re- receive mm-hmm. passes like like they were never able to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's why he Lamar single handedly carried that receiving core. Exactly. Like that's why Lamar Jackson is going to get a huge contract because why why Russell Wilson got that huge. You know what I mean? He changed the mm-hmm. position. Of, uh, of if you revolutionize the position, thought. you're gonna get paid. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and so that's one of the biggest reasons why Austin Eckler got paid by the Chargers last season. I mean, he was able to rush 557 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns. But when you look at what he was able to do from receiving the ball, he caught 92 passes, mm-hmm. 993 yards with eight touchdowns. I mean, he caught the ball more than he rushed. And so, mm-hmm. like, what were your thoughts when the Chargers decided to pick up Austin Eckler instead of Gordon? I, I think the Chargers win. I, I think the Chargers 100% win on the whole Melvin Gordon situation. They win on the running back situation, future, longevity, all that. Austin Eckler is clearly somebody who's going to be taking your team. He's He's been consistent the past two years that he's been involved in that offense. He's been consistent. He just got more of a chance to shine this year. Mm-hmm. I, I just I really think he, they win in that situation. Austin Eckler is unbelievable. The, the way he makes defenders look when he's moving up the field is just – it's, it's awesome to watch, you know, and I definitely think they needed – I do think they do need a another running back. Um, they have Justin Jackson. They claim that that's going to be their one-two punch is Eckler and Jackson, but I do think they need somebody else to carry that fold because Austin Eckler, when he was solo and he was alone, he, he wasn't as productive. He needs somebody to take – I mean, you can't have a little guy in there like that with that speed. He's going to get beat up. You know, he's going to get beat up a lot, and I think you need somebody else to – take that load. And I don't know if Justin Jackson is going to be that kind of guy. So then you look towards the draft, somebody like AJ Dillon coming out of BC. I think AJ Dillon comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some, a power guy, heftier guy, you know what I mean? Uh, Cause I, that's what worked best for Eckler is when you had Melvin Gordon to take all the power runs right. and Austin Eckler to sit, hit it up in the spread and hit it up in receiving. I mean, when you when you just look at the contract comparisons, I mean, Eckler's making I think I think it's like six point five seven million dollars compared to Gordon's each year eight million dollars. So I mean, the perfect point that you made it's a win win for for the Chargers. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they didn't really sell themselves out or or really overpay for a guy that really isn't in his value. And so when you really look at how the Chargers have really looked at this this off season, I mean, especially with the huge decline that they had from 2018 to 2019, they, they just really tried to, you know, build the talent and really go younger, mm-hmm. but also be able to find ways to help protect their court, their future quarterback. Now that Philip Philip Rivers isn't there. I mean, you know, when you really look at how many sacks that they let up in 2019, you know, they were 22nd in the league, but when you really just think of with a young guy, coming into that offense if if they go do go towards the draft or if they do look towards a younger guy at the quarterback position you know it's really going to kill their confidence if they're getting sacked left and right as we saw you know the guy like mm-hmm. you know Josh Rosen with the Cardinals during his first year I mean even with Baker Mayfield during his rookie season he was getting hit left and right and he wasn't the same quarterback really in that first half of the season as he was in that second half of the season and so mm-hmm. really looking at the uh, additions that the Chargers did get this offseason with, you know, an offensive guard in Tri Turner. And then when you look at the right tackle with Brian Beluga, Beluga, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. But like, Brian Beluga, Iowa. <laughs> yeah. But so when you look at those few guys, what, what are your first thoughts with how the Chargers really looked at this offseason? Uh, honestly, I, I love I loved the way they approached the entire offseason. I mean, that trade getting Tri Turner for Russell Lacoon, I mean, 
Russell Okung, yeah, he was good when he's playing. He's a Pro Bowl guy, but he's had injuries. He, he hasn't been consistent. I think that's a steal taking Tri Turner from Panthers. I mean, what's Tri Turner, a six time Pro Bowler? Right. I mean, come on, you can't beat that. Brian Balaga, another key O lineman from the Packers. That's a big deal. He was one of the top O linemen in free agency this year. And I, I just, I think getting those guys, I mean, especially if you're going to, if you're talking about drafting Tua, I mean, you're going to want to protect this young injury prone guy you know what i mean you're going to need more protection especially on that right side which is where i see most of what their additions you know what i mean they're trying to beef up that right side could that be blind side protection i don't know but i do like the way they approach free agency getting these linemen because hey i mean linemen carry a team you can take a team behind a good lineman you know what i mean Look at look what the Cowboys did. They they had DeMarco Murray go off. Or what did DeMarco Murray do after the Cowboys? It's all about that lineman. If you get a good lineman, it's over. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the way I see it. I because I, I, I played offensive line for countless years growing up, and it's, mm-hmm. I, I'll always support linemen. <laughs> I'll always when be you on look that at side. to his injury as well, I mean, he was running on the right side, and then he just got laid yep. out. Yeah, you know I mean, and and especially with with sort of what you talked about with how injury prone you know Tua Tailoa is, I mean, you're gonna have to protect him with with your life. You know, you know, I mean, this is the future of the Chargers, yeah. and when when you just look at the bigger picture of the Chargers, you know what I mean. This new chapter of Los Angeles, there's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure with that, and with with this with trying to get fans in there, with trying to get excitement not only with the team. I mean, you need to keep your key assets healthy. And then Keep so everybody on the field, man. Exactly. And so where do you think that the Chargers could improve, you know, really on that offensive side of the ball? Uh, like I said before, I do think we need another running back. Um, that's definitely a key thing. And I think uh, wide receiver number three right now, we don't really have that. Mm-hmm. We had Travis Benjamin, but he can't catch a ball to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> um but for real, I mean, he was a speedy guy, but I do think they're going to lack a nice speedy slot. Because um, you got – I mean, you can run Keenan Allen out of the slot, but it's he's, they're going to miss that that spot. You know what I mean? Right. I think Robbie Anderson would have been a great guy to have, somebody very speedy to cross the field, run crossing routes. But that that's where they're going to lack. They're going to lack wide receiver three, but we're looking at a very wide receiver filled draft. Um, they're saying that's the biggest – the most – what am I trying to say? Wangfi, Wangfi, Depthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of good wide receivers coming out of this draft. And I, yeah. I do think they're going to get a chance to get some kind of steal a little later in the draft with their either third round, fourth round pick. I do think they need to approach that though. Right. I mean, I mean, it's awesome. And I think that's um, my bad. I was just saying, I think that's their only two weak spots on that offense would be right. now you, you got, you need a left tackle. You need a second running back. And then I so you need the third wide receiver, and then you're looking good for me. I mean, obviously, other than quarterback, but I mean, when especially with, with like a with like a new with a new quarterback coming in potentially from the draft, or even if they went towards Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's going to need those weapons. I mean, I mean, they not only mm-hmm. have Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams, but when you look at you know Hunter Henry as well. But when you bring one other guy in, like a speedy guy that is really going to be able to help Tyrod Taylor be able to have that one extra weapon that isn't you know being either double teamed or or just covered mm-hmm. out of nowhere you know you need that other guy and it'll be really interesting to see what they what the chargers do do not only in the draft but potentially maybe with free agency down the line and so w- also when you think about 
a potential, you know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, Austin Eckler sort of matchup. I mean, that that's going to be scary out of the backfield because when you really look at what what Tyrod Taylor was able to do for the mm-hmm. Bills, I mean, just out of nowhere making the plays with with uh, quick passes to the running back or just being able to make those plays on his legs, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how he's really able to utilize his opportunities with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a very versatile team altogether from offense to defense. I mean, you got that addition of Chris Harris also mm-hmm. on that defense, which he's going to play a role cover. And I think they said the slot, so that should be good. Um, but the problem is, is now they're talking about trading Desmond King to get up to get to a, um, which Desmond King has been a, been a key factor of our defense. He's also been a playmaker. You know what I mean? He's returned mm-hmm. punts. He's, he's, he's a great playmaker, but, I just, I just think overall that defense is going to be wicked versatile, versatile and that offense, like you said, with the Austin Eckler and Tyrod coming out with that mobile, speedy kind of offense that Austin, uh, Anthony Lynn has been waiting to run and excited to run. I think we're going to see that come out, and it's going to be a very good, versatile team. Exactly. I mean, that, that defense has always really been insane, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's something that has really be, been able to – help the Chargers be able to stay good on both sides of the ball. I mean, when you really just look at the defense of last year, I mean, it, it, it was something where it, it missed. It definitely missed, uh, you know, Derwin James due to his injury and everything. But mm-hmm. they're going to go out there and be able to find ways, not only on the secondary, but on the front four to be able to, you know, add pressure on on different teams and you know it'll be really interesting to see what they also do uh, you know you know from from the draft as well i mean mm-hmm. they, they got a good team going into 2020 they do they really do and like i was actually just typing on the notes right here uh linval joseph get signing from the vikings um that just that's going to open up joey bosa and melvin ingram to rush the quarterback in so many more ways linval joseph's been a key guy over there in minnesota on that D-line holding that all together. Minnesota's always had a pretty good defense as well, if you ask me. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty good talent over there, and I'm really excited to get that guy to that D-line too, to even add to our defense. I, I think on paper we have one of the most stellar defenses I've seen. I, I would put them up maybe number three, number four in the league. But like I said, that's on paper. you got to perform. Very true. I mean, when you really just look at the, their yards per game in 2019, I mean, they were sixth in the league. They were They were mm-hmm. right under the Steelers. I, I mean, it comes down to scoring points. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you just look towards the offensive side of the ball, just sort of what we've talked about, you know, th- throughout this, throughout this podcast, especially with like one of the first points that I made with how much of an incredible decline that Philip Rivers had last season. You know, when, when you really just look at the comments that Tom Telesco from the Charger general manager made, at the NFL scouting combine, I mean, he, he pretty much just stated, we're just looking for a quarterback that, that can help us win, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's something where you just really look at a few of the different options that are still out on the free agency market with guys like Cam doing Jameis Winston. And it's really interesting to hear his whole thoughts on the whole quarterback's position of, of really just putting all of his confidence into Tyrod Taylor, who did sign mm-hmm. a two year contract with them last March for $11 million. But when you really just hear all these different rumors of, you know, they were linked to Cam Newton, you know, they're linked to Tua, you know, they're linked to Herbert. It's really just a huge question mark with this quarterback situation. And so I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, which direction that they will go to in this quarterback position, you know, free agency draft, which way. 
I honestly, I honestly like the the kind of question mark they put up because you never want to show your cards before you fold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I just, I like how they've been linked to so many people. I mean, it's annoying as a fan because I want to know who they're getting. I want to know what's right. going on. But I like how they're all over the place. I like how they're putting their name on so many people. You know what I mean? Putting their little thumbprint on each each free agent. You know what I mean? They're they're getting linked and rumored to be involved with all these different draft picks. All this. I I'm favoriting. I like Justin Herbert a lot. Um, he's, he's been very talented. Um, he's, he's been talented and good played well with not a lot of talent on that team. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier They They don't have any really top receivers coming out of Oregon right. this year. And I mean, two has always had talent around him on Alabama and he's, and he's been hurt so much. I think Herbert's the clear cut option here to go. Um, I think second would I would go with Tua, but I, I'm not interested in Cam to the Chargers to be honest. Um, I think because if you're looking for somebody for the future, you want to win long term. Right. I, Cam Newton's thirty. Um, he's he's been injured. He's in prime time moments. He's been kind of iffy. I mean, that's super. Uh, that's one Super Bowl fumble play. Will never. He'll never <laughs> live that down. <laughs> but. Uh, I honestly just – I think you go with Her- Herbert in this draft. I, I, I don't think – I'd like Tua, but I think Herbert's definitely the number one option here. And, yes, Tyrod Taylor has a chance to show out. He finally has a team that's all backed on him, ready to go with all in on him. You know what I mean? He hasn't been in that situation since – I don't even think he was in that position on the Bills. I don't even think anybody – everybody in that organization wasn't all in on him right. like they are with the Chargers. So, hopefully he comes out and shows out, but – I, I do think it's safest going with drafting Herbert and seeing what Taylor can do this year. I mean, that, that's sort of where everybody's been pointing towards it is Justin Herbert going to the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I mean, ever since anybody's been talking about this draft, it's been two to two to Miami, two to the Dolphins. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's people are just bringing out these rumors about Tua because I mean, anything can happen in the draft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to see these different draft day trades just to be able to find ways to get Tua because I mean, you're probably even, even though the injuries, you're probably going to see Tua go in the top five. It's just going to happen. Yeah. He, he's not going to mm-hmm. fall past that or, or somebody out of nowhere is going to grab him. You know what I mean? As, as sort of, as we saw with Josh Rosen, he was supposed to go in the top five and then he went to number 10 with, by mm-hmm. Arizona, but Arizona had to trade up to be able to get him. You know what I mean? It was out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, how so, far did Baker Mayfield drop? Oh no, exactly. no, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, it was Baker. But like Baker, yeah, <laughs> but Baker Mayfield. Even nobody really thought that he was going to be the number one pick. I mean, yeah. I mean, with that Browns team, it was really all up in the air. You know, you had guys mm-hmm. like Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. I don't know. You know, even Lamar Jackson, maybe. Yeah, he wasn't and, even a. Yeah, exactly. He just went so high up. Yeah. And so, and so when you really look at Taylor as, as a starter, I mean, he was 22 for 20, but I mean, when you look at that, those Bills teams that he was with, I mean, it's nothing special. He was able to help the Bills, a crappy Bills team, mm-hmm. go, go to the playoffs. I, I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at his stats, I mean, he threw 51 touchdowns with six, 16 interceptions. I mean, it's, it's nothing like Jameis Winston going 30 for 30 or even Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers last year going 22 for 20. I mean, it's something yeah. where you look at a guy who is able to protect the ball also is mobile as well, which, I mean, it seems like that the Chargers are going towards. And sort of the point that I brought up earlier with him and Austin Eckler, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. And so mm-hmm. when, you, and when you think of how a lot of these teams are going towards these younger quarterbacks, I could see him really sort of being that mentor for either Herbert or Tua. And I really don't see, if they do draft a quarterback, him starting right away. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't think there's a chance of a – barring an injury to Taylor, I don't think there's a chance that a draft pick starts right away for the Chargers. I really – I don't see that happening at all. Tyrod's going to get his chance. Tyrod's definitely going to get his chance. I mean, we saw it with him in the Browns. I don't know if you remember this. Baker Mayfield wasn't supposed to start during during That's his true. rookie year. Tyrod Taylor got injured during the first three games with the concussion, and Baker mm-hmm. kind of had to. And that's that. It's crazy. That killed Tyrod's Tyrod's career up to this yeah. point. You know what I mean? Everybody just discounted him because he didn't play for the rest of the season for the Browns because everybody was so in on Baker and everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they the Chargers also do have a guy in Easton Stick, and I remember. All throughout our time watching watching the draft last year, I, I remember both you and I, we, we were looking for our teams to be able to draft a quarterback with me and the Patriots, yeah. hoping that they would get a guy like Drew Locke. I remember you also had Drew Locke potentially hope, hoping that he would go to the Chargers because it was really all up in the air, like which, which way, uh, you know, either mm-hmm. the Patriots or the Chargers were going to go. But, you know, they got a guy like Easton Stick, who was a fifth-round pick, and the general manager said he has high hopes for Stick, but he is still young. And he still has a long ways to go. And so I'm curious to see where you see Easton Stick potentially in you know future plans for the Chargers. I I, I don't see Easton Stick that involved. Um, and it, it, I mean it sucks because he does look like a promising guy. His his tapes look good, but I mean he's coming out of a small school. Um, he's just, he doesn't really have that much of a proven background. He wasn't really on many draft boards when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't see much room for him right now with everybody else here. They're involving themselves with, you know what I mean? He's going to drop down to a third guy, which is always potential to be cut in this league. He's going to be a third guy on a depth chart. If they draft somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't think he's going to be in their plans for much longer. That's, I mean, it, as brutal as it sounds, it's right. <laughs> I think that's, the, the, the reality of it. Right. I mean, you see a lot of these different guys that who, you know, were drafted in these later rounds and, and you don't really know where, where they're going to come up. But I, 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 I think Easton Stick is probably going to be a guy who's going to come up, you know, in the next three to five years as, you know, potentially, I mean, this happened with Gardner Minshew in his rookie year, but, you know, as, as an out-of-nowhere guy. I mean, when did we ever hear a Kyle Allen? You know, like all, all these true. different guys that have been getting chances as a backup quarterback are really sort of making a name for themselves. I mean, when you think of a guy like, I, I mean, this is a different situation with Nick Foles, but like how, how he was able to really use his time mm-hmm. with the Eagles to be able to help his value. I mean, I could really see potentially a guy like Easton Stick be, being a candidate like that. But I, I agree with you with, with with how many different options that the Chargers do have in the quarterback position, you know, free agency, draft, all these different options. I, I don't I don't see him really as as a future option. And especially when they hold the sixth round pick. I mean, do do you see them drafting up to try and try, try and get somebody or do you see them staying? That's a hard question. I have no idea. I honestly have no idea because it's it's a 50-50 shot. You trade up to get two or you stay at Herbert. But at the same time, you don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. Right. You know what I mean? I But like we were saying, I don't think Easton Stick gets much of a chance other than the preseason. But yeah, no, I don't know. They could they could trade up. I'm not sure. But it all falls onto the Dolphins basically at this point. And do you think the preseason could like play, play into factor on like, you know, let's say that they do get Justin Herbert. Do you think if Herbert outplays Taylor in preseason, do you think that's really going to make a difference? Or do you think that they will probably still go towards the mentorship sort of plan, you know? I think they'll still go towards mentorship. Um, I'm barring anything, anything unforeseen, you know what I mean? 
I, I think we'll see mostly in the preseason. We're going to see a lot of Easton stick. I don't think they're going to try to throw a rookie in in the preseason because you just don't want to injure him. You want, you know what I mean? Try to redshirt this man, you know? Right. So I think I think you'll see a lot of Easton stick in the preseason. Not too much uh, Justin Herbert or Tua. Definitely not Tua. <laughs> Definitely not Tua. <laughs> please don't put – if we draft Tua, please don't put him in the preseason. Please. <laughs> don't you need that his, story. You just see his ankle just fall out. Well, it's his <laughs> career. Like, <laughs> Hey, man, it's the Chargers. Honestly, wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> exactly. You, you do never know. And so, and so I'm, yeah. I'm curious, Timmy, what are your expectations for the Chargers going into the 2020 season? And, and you know, what is your sort of – out of nowhere prediction for like a record. Cause you don't even really know who the starting quarterback really yeah, no, it's hard to be, yeah. is going to be. So um, honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm thinking a little above average season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say either, I would say 10 wins at most. Um, that's probably the most predictable option would be 10 or nine wins. Um, because you don't know, we don't know. Tyron could come out and be MVP status. Yeah. We don't know. You know what I mean? He's, that's the most questionable quarterback I think out there right now is what, how the hell would is Tyrod Taylor going to do in a starting job where the team's got his back. Um, but like I said, realistically, I think nine or 10 wins, you still have a t- talented roster. And I think Tyrod would put you in a better situation to win than Philip Rivers did last year. Um, I mean, cause it did all come on Philip Rivers shoulders in the end that last year, every game, he had a chance to get a game winning drive, but it's him in, back in the game. But, he failed. And I, I don't see Tyrod Taylor as a guy that's just going to throw up interceptions the way Philip Rivers did in the end of the games last year. But, I mean, in three seasons, he only threw 16. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean that's that's a huge stat. When, when you really look at over, th- over, over one season, Philip Rivers had 20. And sort of – And you got – and you see another situation where with a guy with, like Tyrod compared to Rivers is when Rivers would look down the field and see everybody covered and the line coming at him in the late game situation, he's like, okay, I just got to throw it up and hope somebody comes out with it. Or Tyrod can say, okay, I'm just going to run, get some yardage and go out. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers didn't have that option as much as Tyrod would or yeah, any yeah, exactly. quarterback. I mean, you when know. you even just look at what, what Tyrod was able to do when he helped the Bills make the playoffs, I mean, I think it was two or three years ago. I mean, he went nine and seven. T-Mobile, man. T-Mobile. Exactly. Um, I mean, that. that I, I agree with you. I could see them going nine and seven, one hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely think it's it, they could be a good team, but it it all comes down to execution, man. They've been a top team on paper for years now, and it's it's time to execute with this roster. You're you're not going to have this roster forever, you know what I mean? Especially after next season, after that next free agency little boost happens, because they're they're going to lose. They're they got a lot of people on the line to be losing right now. You know what I mean? Next season, I mean. And so who do you I mean, think is probably next for, like, an extension, like a guy like Derwin James or something like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa are my top two for next year that need to get I forgot Joey Bosa is going to be a free agent. Wow. I, 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 I know. I don't think Joey Bosa will end up coming back after next year, but we'll see. It scares me yeah. because I, I think he's going to ask for a lot of money. Because he already had his little money scan, little money problem when he got drafted. He was, I forgot he was, about that. That was, yeah, that, he was that waiting was forever to sign. Yeah, he took like two weeks to sign. His mom even came out and was publicly saying they should have pulled an Eli Manning and all that stuff. It's like, ugh. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see what happens. Because I remember there was buzz when Nick Bosa got drafted about mm-hmm. Joey wanting to go and play with him in San Fran. I remember so, that. And I think it's more logical of Joey going to San Fran than Nick going to L.A. Think about that defense. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. 
I know. Man. I just I don't want to lose Joey, man. That sucks if that happens. That's so, two, that would, in the past five or ten years, that's two of our top draft picks. If we lose, right. if you know what I mean, Melvin Gordon would, will be gone this year, and then if we lose Joey Bosa next year, that's two of our top draft picks in the past eight, eight years, even actually. That, that's awful. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, it'll it'll be really interesting to see to see what happens with with the Chargers, especially going into next year and, and everything. And like with everything with the quarterback, I mean, that's 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 gonna you know blow up blow up the entire you know news channels of sports. And then when you really just think about you know how how much you know cap space that the Chargers really do have going into next season, I mean, when you look at it, they actually got a lot. Wow, they have one hundred twenty eight million dollars in cap space. So mm-hmm. that's something where you look people. at, right? I mean, that's something where you look at what, what the Dolphins had at the start of this past season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's eighty eight million. But when you also think of what 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 would that what will happen to that if they sign Joey Bosa back? You know what what will happen? Yeah, because you got Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen and more people coming up too. I, they, the list is crazy of their potential free agents for next season. It's it's it scares me seeing, being a fan. You know what I mean? You're seeing mm-hmm. all your key players be up to leave. You know what I mean? Because you know if they if they go, it's going to be rebuild status again. If you lose more than one of those people, it's it's going to affect your team a lot. But I like the season. I like I like our future right now. It's an exciting time to be a Chargers fan. You got the new stadium, new logo came out, new new uniforms are coming out. I'm going to ask you, week. what do you think of that new logo? That new logo looks exactly like the the Los Angeles it, Chargers it, it, logo. <laughs> what, wait, which one? The, the, it's the LA with the little squiggly what? line. <laughs> Oh no, that was the old one. That's not the new one. That's that was oh, okay. the old one that they were coming out with when they first moved. Have you seen the new one though? I don't think so. I don't think I've seen it. It's it's the new Bolt logo. It's they got rid of like you know how like they have the little the navy outline on it? They mm-hmm. got rid of all the navy in their in their color plate. So their color plate's just blue and gold. I just kinda like that. The powder blue and gold. Yeah, it's 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 like a flattened version of the it looks like somebody stepped on it a little bit. <laughs> the bolt. It's like flattened. <laughs> Is it, I, I but, actually, uh, I'm actually yeah, looking at it right now. It's kind of interesting. They look. Do they have a side by side? It's kind of weird. Yeah, they have a side by side. It does look kind of weird. But that, and then when you, yeah. and then when you compare it to like the LA Rams, you're like, all right, well, this is a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. No, the LA Rams. Yeah. But now the Chargers have new uniforms coming out next week too. That would but, be exciting. Uh, I mean, especially when you look at what the, what the Browns ones looked like. I mean, mm-hmm. th- these new uniforms are going to be pretty cool. Especially, I mean, when they brought up about how how it could happen with the Patriots, I'm like, all right, yeah. what are they going to really do with this? But like, it's, especially with this whole new chapter going going to yeah. LA and and really, especially post Philip Rivers, I think this is going to be a huge season for the Chargers and, and a lot of. I, I think for, fans. for the organization and franchise as a whole, I mean, they need some fans. They need some spotlight on that city. And now that the Rams are falling off a little bit, they've they've gotten rid of all their superstars. They definitely lost in the logo change race. Um, I I think we're seeing the Chargers have a chance to become the primetime LA team, and it's time for them to step up and really go for it. And I'm honestly waiting for these leaks on these uniforms. I'm trying to I'm trying to see these things as soon as I can. But uh, there's been a rumored leak actually about what they're going to look like. Um, somebody was saying that they saw it from I don't know how actual this source is, but somebody was saying that they're going to have a new type of powder blue for their home uniforms, and their road uniforms are going to be dark gray and yellow, which is interesting to me. Hmm. That do- that but does sound kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a true source. That's just some random Twitter page that claims he saw it. Right. But that is an interesting take. A dark gray and yellow road <laughs> uniform. Would be interesting. I mean, especially it'll especially look good on Herbert with like with with the bright yellow. You know what I mean? I mean, he won't be oh, yeah. his, his jerseys too too much, and so and so you know it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the Chargers. I mean, especially in the next coming weeks with with the sixth round pick. Or I'm sorry, with the, with the number six pick, and especially what happens at the quarterback position, um, mm-hmm. and not only with wide receivers and and all the sort of stuff that we talked about today. And so you know you know I, I could really see them r- really performing well during this season and really surprising a lot of people. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Timmy, to yeah, no problem. talk it's about the nice, charges and, nice. and all the different stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want to shout yourself out so then people, people can follow you anywhere, go right ahead. Uh, <laughs> people want to follow me on my Instagram. Uh, it's just Timmy Dagnalt. Um, don't really know what else, how else to show myself out a little bit. Uh, trying to be young Stephen a smith here <laughs> perfect no yeah i mean I, de- I definitely want you i definitely want to get you on the show a lot more especially when you know i'm able to get back uh on the radio station and we can start start to talk about a lot of different topics i mean especially when the draft comes up i definitely want to hear your thoughts oh on yeah that sort definitely because i mean there's not really too too much st- stuff to talk about in sports in general uh, so just That's trying true. to find any topics to talk about. <laughs> also, the Chargers and Rams are going to be on Hard Knocks this year too, so I'm excited for that. That'll be interesting. That that'll really show sort of like the whole chemistry and like the culture mm-hmm. and everything. That I, I can't wait to see it, man. Has. I've been waiting. I've been waiting years since I've been a Chargers fan for them to be on Hard Knocks. Because <laughs> me being me living in New England and stuff, you know what I mean. It's right. I don't get to see much of that stuff that you, you Patriots fans get to see. You know what I mean? Right. They're never on TV here, obviously, but. That's cool. It should be cool. I'm yeah, excited, exactly. man. It'll be it'll be really it'll be really interesting. So I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.